Before the ascension of both the NFL and NBA in the 80s and the 90s, baseball was by far America's most popular sport. It's national pastime. The NFL generates more revenue than any other sport globally, yet it's completely USA-centric. The NBA has a huge global imprint, yet still can't generate the revenue of a 162-game MLB season. It's been a concern for Major League Baseball for quite a while now that their audiences tend to skew much older than the NFL and the NBA. And although millions and millions still attend Major League Baseball games and millions more still watching on TV, Major League Baseball, it's not really top of mind for most sports fans. Also, the slower pace of the game tends to not really be an attractive option for potential fans, especially when compared to the play on NFL and NBA fields. And so if you don't put an attractive product on the field, there's just too many other sports and entertainment options today that simply didn't exist years ago when baseball was king. So there seems to be a perception by much younger generations that baseball is a sport that's primarily followed by old guys and geeks. Actually, which I don't think that's too far from the truth, but taking those challenges and numerous more into consideration, Major League Baseball will definitely have its hands full at its upcoming off-season meetings, and it will definitely carry more weight at this pivotal juncture for an American original that had played an active role in helping to shape the country in a lot of ways culturally. I touch on some of those issues with longtime sports journalist and former Dodgers exec Jorge Martin as we discuss MLB's upcoming off-season challenges and how those challenges may assist in growing the game we love to new generations moving forward. Stay tuned. Appreciate you coming in, my man. Uh, anytime, Clyde. Anytime for you. Great baseball season. Um, actually kind of excited that the Braves did what they did. Um, even though I was going for Houston, um, there were good things to think about on both sides. I didn't realize the history of the things with the Braves as far as losing the All-Star game. Uh, 26 years, 27 years since they won. 26. And, 26. You know, and when you hear Fred Freeman's story, <laughs> you know, and he's a local, um, the first baseman, right? That's Freeman mm-hmm. for the Braves. Freddie Freeman. When you hear his story about being the longest tenured player on the Braves and all the thing, the futility that he's gone through year after year with the team, there's always a great story. You and I, you know, we're storyline kings, so we always talk about that stuff. And then lo- uh, another local boy, Freed, the pitcher, you know, to oh, see yeah. him get up Harvard there Westlake. slinging it. Harvard Westlake, to see this guy doing uh, what he did at the level in which he did it, that was interesting to watch. Still wish the Dodgers were in there. Still hope the Dodgers would have been able to make it and win it all. But say la vie. Wanted Dusty Baker to win a chip. I, I really, uh-huh. really watched that guy. I love that old school, just calm as can be in the midst of things. So he'll get another shot. So we'll see. But what I'd like to do, we don't need to wrap up too much on the World Series. I think everyone and their mom, they've had a chance to discuss that. So I think what will be interesting is moving forward. We have lots of things that we'll discuss that you'll be doing as we get closer to spring training, which are very exciting. Great little tease. You guys won't be, you guys will be absolutely fired up to hear of some of the stuff Jorge has going uh, over the next four or five months when spring training comes around. We'll get to that later. But for now, we'd like to discuss a little bit about what's happening with the CBA. I believe it's coming up this December. Yeah. Um, players and management get together and they try to hash out certain things. Um, 
MLB, the World Series, did approximately on average, I think, close to 10 million viewers, which is pretty good per game in the World Series, considering. Um, still not the levels of football, but it doesn't matter if it's the level of football because just as sports, I always, I always think sports have way more of an effect on pop culture than uh, most motion pictures and television shows. And it, it's it's the only I don't see people wearing a jersey with Tom Cruise on it, right? A jersey <laughs> with Brad Pitt. But yeah. any baseball player, football, basketball player, grown men will spend their money, their hard earned money to to represent their chosen team. So what's coming up with the CBA may seem like a small thing to a lot of people in the public. I wanted to bring Jorge on to have a quick conversation about that. Uh, plus, we want to talk to him about some things. Just I'd like to come from a fan's perspective and ask questions such as. What about minimizing certain things about, and you don't have to answer this right away, but uh, digital strike zones. Um, some of the things, that, what about the umpire? <laughs> Troy, let's start with this. This is a little bit on the light side. Troy right. Aikman, Troy Aikman in the middle of, he was doing one of his uh, football games for Fox. And um, his partner usually is Joe Buck. Joe Buck was in the middle of doing the World Series, which is which would come first from a midseason NFL game. And Troy Aikman says something pretty funny. He said something I've thought, something I've had conversations about for years with people. He's, <laughs> it was almost it was kind of like a throwaway. Troy Aikman just says off the cuff, he goes, Isn't, I'm watching my buddy Joe Buck do this and this. And he goes, it's kind of strange to me at this stage in my life to look at a baseball manager wearing the uniform of his players. He goes, could you imagine Bill Belichick running around with a football jersey on? Could you imagine uh, Greg Popovich rolling around with a tank top and some shorts on in a game? And he goes, is that kind of an antiquated thought that baseball managers still wear um, the traditional garb of managers from 100 years ago? I'm, I've always been interested to ask you that. What do you think about that? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it is kind of funny. It, uh, you never think about it. And a lot of times, actually, those managers, they don't, they, uh, uh, for the last 15, 20 years, the managers don't wear the traditional jersey because you usually see they've got a hoodie or some sort of sweatshirt, some sort of top over it. And, it, and it's just for comfort. Uh, uh, quite honestly, I, I think part of it, it part of it would be, um, uh, you know, when I think about the NFL, the last the last coach that would wear uh, any kind of you know would wear a suit was Tom Landry with the Dallas Cowboys. So that was more than thirty years ago that that he and he was the last one. I think it just uh, became a uh, became a part of the culture to you know wear something branded for the team, but uh, but really not to be. In, I mean, obviously they're not going to be in the same gladiator uniforms that the football players are and uh you know for the yeah can you imagine phil jackson dressed up as it you know putting on putting on a, a the, the laker jersey or something like that no, no I, don't, I don't think <laughs> but the manager i think i think part of it is uh maybe a comfort thing and i think it's also mm -hmm. something where uh the the players are i mean the, the players 
I mean, the, the, the season goes on during the hot sea, the, the hot summer season. Mm-hmm. And it used to be like, if you go back into the, you know, hundred years ago when Connie Mack was the manager of the, of the Philadelphia athletics, uh, he would wear a shirt and tie and he was actually manager for 50 years, but that's the last mm-hmm. one. After that, it just, everybody started to wear, uh, wear the uniform. And I honestly think, you know, it was just a comfort thing. I mean, mm-hmm. do you want to be in a three piece suit for three hours in the sun, uh, in, in, uh, in, you know, on the Eastern seaboard where it gets very humid. I think, uh, mm-hmm. I think nah, you want to be as comfortable as possible. So, uh, and that you know, sense. what, you know, you just basically, you know, some of those uniforms are just like wearing pajamas when it comes down to it. That's true. But I always think about Nike, Adidas, Adidas, or whatever they want to call them, all these different companies, the athletic wear that comes, especially since Tiger hit. I mean, they've made it very stylish. And I think people are interested in wearing that type of wear. I think it could go a long way where you can come up with a certain style that has team branding and whoever is their primary sponsor where they can actually put some of this, um, some of these clothes together that will look good. But I was just curious about that. Bring us up to date on some of the primary pieces that people should be aware um, regarding the CBA coming up. And then we'll get into some other little pieces that I have towards the end here. What are some of the things that you think are going to happen um, in this CBA in particular with things such as the uh, designated hitter? I'd love for the National League to just bring it on. It's been decades too long, in my opinion, since they've talked about it or made a serious effort for it. Uh, give us a little bit of what you think about that as well as anything else you think we should be aware of regarding the CBA. Well, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool National League traditionalist, mm-hmm. but uh, it's time for the it's time for the designated hitter to you know be universal. Uh, just because of the fact that the the big part, I, I mean, number one, pitchers don't get paid to hit. Mm-hmm. Clayton Kershaw made thirty million dollars last year, thirty plus million dollars. Not one cent of that was for him to hit. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, people right. can say everything. Oh, I want to see him bunt or something like that. I'm like, wouldn't you rather see a real hitter come up and take and, and take some take some at bats? Maybe that player that is getting older, he could still hit, but maybe he's not that good in the field anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, someone. I, I'm not. Pujols. I'm not talking about. Yeah, Pujols. Exactly. Yes. Pujols. You know, Barry Bonds at the end. Mm-hmm. He probably could have played another year or two more. I mean, you sit there and you think about these guys who can still who who can still hit, and uh, you know, for the longest time, you only had you know the fifteen teams in the American League as options to keep keep them employed. Well, now in the National League, you you could. I think if the National League can do it, I think it's going to end up being so much better for the game. Plus, the other part mm-hmm. is the when it comes down to it, uh, you know, pitchers are getting just more and more of an advantage. Strikeouts are going up every year. You need more hitting in there, more hitting mm-hmm. possibilities, more real uh, major league hitters. And the other part is the the bunt is basically dead except for pitchers. So if mm-hmm. you're so let's just 
let's just you know stick a fork in it and call it a day with the bunt and uh, uh i know somebody some people will still do it and you still get the safety squeezes here and there joe madden from the angels loves to do it but uh but i but really it's uh people are trying to hit hit home runs uh i wish teams would go, would go for more uh hitting and not striking out kind of like mm-hmm. uh trying not not going for home runs but going for line drives and getting you know getting high batting average and not striking out a lot i think i think teams would be very successful that way uh mm. you know and, and and uh being able to being able to do do a game like that i oh i, uh, I love your that, that's what but yeah, when it comes to that, but when it comes to the DH, it's time. I think uh, another thing that's so I think what's going to happen, uh, I think two things are going to be are, are going to be very much uh, brought into the uh, brought into the negotiations. One mm-hmm. is the players want the DH, the universal DH. Mm-hmm. The owners want more playoff games. So I think that I think the and the players have been kind of like oh I don't know if we don't know if we want more playoff games well the owners are like well we don't know if we want to do the universal DH so I think that's going to be the big, I, I think that's going to be the big negotiating point there will be a lot of saber rattling there will be a lot of there'll be talk about there's a lockout because I think it's December two that that the CBA runs out mm-hmm. so I mean there's not going to be an actual uh, any games missed until April. And mm-hmm. and really, there's not any. The calendar really starts mid February when you got the when when you've got the uh, the spring, the pitchers and catchers reporting for spring training. You do have a World Baseball Classic, I believe, next year. I think I, I think it has not. Uh, it got postponed from this year to to next year because of the pandemic. But I look at uh, so I think I think there's there'll be a lot of posturing and a lot of talking back and forth. But I think ultimately it'll. They'll get it done. This is very, sports is very much deadline oriented, and mm-hmm. everything else is for everybody to puff up their chest and make themselves sound like they're really big, you know, really big and strong. When in fact, it's just they're they're just, they they're just waiting for the uh, to get it to for the deadline to approach, and then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. okay, this is where we're, this is how far we'll go without uh w- w- without giving up without feeling like we give up too much the players will do the same thing on their side but mm-hmm. i think the two things that'll get uh that'll get adopted are the universal dh and i think i think the playoffs there will be eight teams on each side so 16 teams in the playoffs it'll be more it'll be kind of similar to the nba playoffs um where you got, you know, where, where you got like a, a short series and very similar to the kind of the, uh, almost the exact same setup as the 2020 playoffs where you had, mm-hmm. uh, you had, you had the three rounds and then you had the three rounds and then the world series. That's awesome. I mean, so it, would, I- it would, oh, it would, it would do away with the wild cards, but, okay. uh, but then, but then you'd, you'd still get, That's the, okay. yeah, yeah. You'd get, instead of a one game do or die, you, you get like a three game series, uh, just like in 2020. It's crazy to me how any of the players' unions ever use the idea of we don't want to add more games to the schedule because, first of all, most teams don't make the playoffs. So most people are taking an early vacation. Those that do survive or that actually make it through, the more games you play, the more you're paid. And only one, two teams make it to the championship, so everyone else falls out early. So you're still getting paid extra even though you don't make the championship. So you go an extra two, three weeks than everyone else more, two, three weeks more than everyone else. 
And then if you're fortunate enough to make it to the championship series, the World Series, you get fat bonuses there again, and you get the title of we made it to. So I don't understand how there could be a negative. That's a negotiating ploy, I think, that may have worked in the past. I'm not looking at it being something that's going to favor the players in their union if that's the side they're going for. I say that because I've heard some discussions regarding the fact that 2020 was so so much of a shortened season. And well, we don't have to go over the part of why I get so many friends from other cities that harp on me of the fact that the only way your L.A. teams could win is in a shortened season. It's strange that the Dodgers and the Lakers won in two shortened seasons. You and I don't have to negotiate that with anyone right now. Whatever. I can do some sort of hand gesture to tell you guys how I feel about you guys that think that way. But that's another whole podcast. But for now, the fact that there was there were real lost wages that occurred as a result of the shortened season because they can only pay, um, you know, everything is is dependent on the amount of time they play and other things that come into play. It's just like you get X bonus because if you do this, you get that type of thing. There was a lot of money that um, that was not accrued as a result of the shortened seasons in 2020. Do you think any of the negotiations in this season, um, the deficits that all the teams experienced, some players um, as a result of 2020, do you think that's going to have any play in, well, guys, let's do things this way moving forward because there is a, a deficit we've had to tack on from uh, a season ago. Is that going to play at all into how things are going to come out in the CBA this time? No, I don't. Th- I, I think that's going to be a failed argument to happen because the okay. fact that uh, the players are going to say, hey, you know what? I lost two thirds of my paycheck. And, 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 and the player and, and a year off of my career, off of my high earning career mm-hmm. uh, as the owners and the franchises, it's like, oh, you keep going on. You could be making, you'll still be making bank when you're 70, 60, 70, 80 years old. I'm not making, uh, I, as the players, I, you know, I'm not making what I, I'm never going to make at 60, 70 and 80, what I was making as a 25 year old peak of my powers player. So that, that, that's the one thing. I mean, it's, it's going to come down to money and, mm. and just kind of how they slice up the pie. When you're talking about the, 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 the adding the playoffs, it's going to, it's really going to come down to the players saying, okay, well, we want this big a chunk of the pie since we're the ones mm. who are playing. And the owners will, and it'll, they'll go back and forth and the, it, they'll just come up with a number that is, that works for both sides. And, okay. uh, that, that's because that, that piece of the pie is separate from the regular season money. Cause that's their contracts are for mm-hmm. the 162 game season. Correct. But, you know, but then, you know, then you add in all the TV money, all the sponsorships and everything mm-hmm. that's going on during the playoffs when high, when so many eyeballs are on there, that's where you're going to be looking at. Uh, that, that's where the players are just going to be like, OK, well, we want our chunk of the pie and just uh, being being happy with it. As far as. Um, Oh, I want to say something to the people who are saying that those championships were run. Number one, the Lakers played 72 of the 82 games or, or something thereabouts. Don't tell me that that was, uh, that, that, that was any kind of a shortened season. Baseball right. season, yes, it was a 60-game season, and uh, but there's no one who can say that the two best teams in the major leagues didn't, didn't get there. And you saw some fantastic playoff series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the, the Dodgers and the Dodgers Braves – and the the Rays and the Astros both went seven mm-hmm. games, and uh, so and and you know everyone had the same had to, shot. 
yeah, you had the same shot. Everybody, I mean, mm-hmm. and the players had to live in a bubble during right. during a during a worldwide pandemic. There, so they're not only just trying to fight the fight the team in front of them, mm-hmm. but they're also trying to avoid getting sick so that they so that they uh, end up end up getting uh, end up getting taken out of the at at the toughest time uh, of their career. So, I mean, there. Uh, anybody who wants to say that, no, no, come on, come, come over here. Let's have a beer and I'll tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> I love it. We'll leave it at that. And I agree with you completely. So thank you. I wanted to get your opinion on that. Let's r- run through some quick hits um, sure. before we wrap this up. Digital, digital batter's box. That's been bandied about quite a bit. Do you think that's going to be part of the CBA and is there some merit to it? I think baseball uh, really moves very slowly on something like that. Uh, they move very slowly on adopting uh, instant replay, and they've always updated it. Uh, it's been experimented in the minor leagues and in some of the independent leagues. They've they've done a lot of different. They're doing a lot of experimentation. So, um, and, and obviously, there's going to be some uh, talk with the umpires association. So they've got their own, they've got their own unit. Uh, you know, the umpires are going to be like, oh, so I'm just going to be at home plate you know, calling safer out on a, on a play at the plate. And that's my job. So, uh, I I will say when we're watching the games and we see that, that, that ball that's outside and it's called, and we saw that it was called for a strike and we're just kind of like, Oh, the one, the one thing that it would take away from us is the complaining from the fans when they think the ball was a strike and, and, and it was actually a ball. It's like, who are you going to complain to? You're not going to complain to the ump. You want right. to complain to the computer that call that that said the player was so. There's got to get some uniformity because uh, you know of where do you have where do you have the the uh, where do where do you say the the strike zone is, and do you put different sensors on the player so that there so that it becomes so it, I, I think there's a lot of things that need to happen before it gets uh, approved. Uh, I'd love to see it. Uh, just because that that takes another thing out. I mean, I do like the human element, but mm-hmm. I, I just you know, there's so much that goes into a game a, ga- a game being correct at playing correctly. And now that gambling is becoming some such a bigger deal, you yes, don't want any any you don't want any human element to right. potentially screw it up. I mean, you think about the 1985 World Series mm-hmm. where uh, Game Six, bottom of the ninth, two outs, and a player. Mm-hmm was clearly out and every replay showed that he was clearly out and don denkinger who is forever lives in infamy with the st louis cardinals fans uh he called the guys safe they rallied the the kansas city royals rallied they came back they won that game and then they won the world series the next day when in fact he should have been out he should have been ruled out so uh so yeah you just want the human element uh to be you 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 probably want the human element to be take, uh, minimized as much as possible. Couldn't agree uh, more. We're going to yeah. come back at the beginning of the season and definitely have a more in-depth um, sure. conversation on that in particular because what's of interest to me, I think what's going to be interesting to watch, the wagering element is going to become so big regarding not just baseball, all sports, but I think these types of rules, the, digital, the potential digital batter's box and things of that nature, uh, the cameras – that are everywhere. I love these little cameras on the bases. Some oh, people think it's a little too greatest? intrusive. I think it's fantastic. We're all talking about building the presentation of these sports. I love that in football. Basketball has gotten pretty good with it. Baseball, to me, actually does it better than anyone because 
one of the we don't have to harp on this one too much, but one of the things I dislike about the NFL and the NBA is that you still have a lot of bodies surrounding the field of play with these cameras and equipment and these big bodies on the field are running a million miles an hour and they run into these cameramen and all these people all the time. Both sides can easily be hurt. I mean, you have a, you have D, DK Metcalf running a route, catching a ball, going out of bounds. He slammed some, some guy the other day and yeah. he flipped this dude. And I mean, this guy's feet just did this and, I'm thinking that's the most ridiculous thing in the world. But anytime you have someone coming full steam on a baseball field, sliding into second or home, you have that little teeny tiny camera that's built into the base and you can see all of the action when they replay it. I think that's really cool. No one's there. So the, the athlete's not worried about running into anyone. These big bodies in basketball, these guys are on the court with these cameras. And I just think there's a lot of damage that could be done. But anyway. That, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Technology's not going anywhere, whether it's a digital digital batter's box or all the extra cameras that need to be. I think they just need to get better with the placement of cameras that are automatic, that are, um, what do they call it, unmanned cameras all, right. all over the place, these levels. I love them. Um, there was something that happened in my kids' game the other day that I want to bring forward into the pro game, and it's the drop third strike when you're swinging. Never understood that rule, never liked it. Um, if you're out, you're out. I don't care if the catcher drops the ball when you swing on third base because this actually took place in the game six, Houston versus Boston, where the first batter up, the guy came up and he made it the first base as a result of the catcher messing up. And the guy eventually made it around to third. Um, it's only because Xander, what's his name? Bogert. Came yeah, up Andrew after Bogart. this guy. He came up after and was thrown out at first for the third out. But the the initial person, who was it? Do I have his name? Kyle Schwarber. The first batter oh, yeah. was Kyle Schwarber. Schwarber came up, dropped third strike, and you know he halfway jogged in, and then he realized that oh the catcher doesn't know where the ball is, so he sprints. He makes it the first. Things play out. He makes it all the way to third, and by the time uh, Bogart comes out. There's a chance for Schwarber to, to score. I just thought it was the most ridiculous thing. The pitcher did everything he was supposed to. Uh, for whatever reason, the catcher dropped the ball. I just think that's a strange rule. Does that ever come up for, for conversation as to should we keep this or should we get rid of this rule? Because the kids at that level, at my at my son's level, they take advantage of half the kids get up with it. The catcher can't catch the ball at that level. And so, you know, a kid swings and he drops, the catcher throws it. The, the equipment's bigger than the kid wearing the equipment at the, at, at the Little League level. So he's looking for the ball and every parent's screaming and the other kid is like, I got a free base. It's like, but you didn't earn it. You didn't earn it. So to me, it's just teaching the kids something that's not really, I don't know. I'm going to give you a free it's, throw because you just came in the game. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, it's. It's one of those things that uh, when you think about it, when you think about getting an out, the play is completed with the ball trapped okay. firmly. So the, the you know you can't you know if a guy's running at first base, you can't bobble the ball. Uh, the first baseman can't bobble the throw. The okay. the tag I has that to way. Be, that makes sense. yeah that. Yeah, the tag you can't. You know, you can say all you want. Yeah, that that you tagged the guy. You had the ball in 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 the in your glove, and then all of a sudden the ball pops out. Uh, you, you know, the guy 
you didn't complete the tag. So mm -hmm. it's the idea behind completing the play. So that's, okay, that that's where it, that that's that where sense. that comes from. Plus, it's been around since the game started. I mean, that, that I think I think you'd uh, I think there would be a lot of uh, uh, there would be a lot of uh, pissed off fans over something like there that. There would, but uh, the whole point is we're trying to speed the game up, make it much more entertaining. To even though they averaged about ten million, the regular season one hundred sixty two games doesn't necessarily bring eyeballs. The football is only getting bigger, better, and stronger. I think the NBA may make a comeback in the next couple of years. Baseball is going to have to do something. They're generating a lot of revenue. They're the number two generation revenue revenue generator out of all the sports leagues. Right behind it. Not right behind the NFL, but number two. Distant second behind the NFL. But nonetheless, they're number two because of all of the, uh, all of the games, all of the... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking? Inventory of games, oh, yeah. which they can they can, and it's all regional network, so that works for MLB. But, but they still need to transition. And behind the doors, you can tell that it still takes a lot to produce 162 games per team and playoffs, and to keep fans' interest. And they really need to make a play to get younger people back into the game. Even though football has gotten people away from it because of the perceived you know dangerous nature of football football is only getting stronger and stronger baseball needs to do some sort of shift so we'll we'll end on a few of these the challenges by the coaches um and by the umpires both of them seem to be taking a long time it seems as though you want to speed that up be more decisive have someone that's not on the field or where no one has access to these certain someone or someone's plural um, where they can make much more, much faster, quicker, more decisive um, decision. What are your thoughts on the coaches' challenges and when the umpires call New York, if you will? Well, I'd love it if uh, if it was kind of like the NFL, where you could you could challenge it, and if you're wrong, you lose a timeout. Mm -hmm. So I'd, I'd out, love to see some, yeah, yeah, or or just you know they they've got a certain number of mound visits that they have. Mm -hmm. So if you don't, if, if you know, if, if you lose it, if you lose a challenge, you don't, you lose a, you lose a mound visit. So that, that to me is the thing that I, that I, like that. That I look at, um, because you're right. I mean, I've been at games where, you know, there, there was a play at the plate and there's a challenge. Yeah. You know, the umpire calls the guy out and, mm -hmm. and the, the game's over. And then all of a sudden the other team calls a challenge. And now all of a sudden you're sitting around for two minutes and, and you know waiting for new york to say that the guy is out or safe right. and then and then it's like oh okay now we could play i love la and everybody could start cheering because <laughs> new york said he's safe say, right. says he's out uh, agreeing with uh, agreeing with the umpire so mm -hmm. uh yeah that to me is the, that to me is the thing i just I, I i sometimes think that the 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 coaches challenges get a little a little much because then, then you know the, every close play it's kind of like you know, they're, they're kind of like killing time, you know, wait, don't get, don't get in the batter's box just yet. Let our video guys look at the, look mm -hmm. at the replay to see if, uh, see if the guy was out or safe so that we could call a replay on that one. So yeah, I, 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 I'd like to see more penalties for the teams that are wrong. I love that you think that way because let's, let's end on the next one, which has a little bit to do with that. And, you know, on the penalty, the idea of penalties is if a coach challenges something or, can there be some sort of penalties? This whole shifting of bringing a pitcher in for one batter. Um, right. I'm not a fan of that. Um, I've received lots of mail to always ask this question when I have an opportunity for any of my shows talking about baseball. 
if they want to speed it up, get out of this nonsense of one batter, one pitcher coming in for one batter. We understand the strategy to baseball, but at the same time, no one wants to sit around for that. You're talking about five minutes for that little bit that we just talked about with the coach, coaches' challenges and the umpires' challenges. What about the switching, the gameplay, and all that other stuff? I don't know how they can move forward. I know everybody's going off of analytics. Well, this guy hits this much, and we're going to shift everybody to the right or left of second base and all this other stuff. But to me, that does zero. Matter of fact, it deters people from wanting to stay and watch the game other than the audience that they're already going to receive. But as far as getting new people, I think that's a I think that's a horrible way to go. What are your thoughts on when they bring in one pitcher for one batter? All these guys are well, such look, let me let me finish asking this because yeah. it's you had mentioned earlier in the conversation about DHs. And so basically we're going more of the special specialized route. Just like in football. We don't ask Tom Brady to tackle somebody on the defensive end. So it's no different than uh, in baseball bringing on a Pujols, keeping Pujols another 5 years. That guy can still hit 350 and 30 home runs and just coming as, as a DH doing whatever for the next five years and get a little bit better shape, but that's another whole conversation, but we, <laughs> <laughs> we can, we can um, see he's, and he's a draw. I like watching the guy play. So they're all specialized. They're all great hitters. It doesn't to me matter as much as it used to that a right-hander will hit better off of a left-hander and vice versa. So why not just let everybody go straight up? Those are the great storylines that keep people Oh, this guy can strike out right-handed batters this way. I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts on all that? I think they should just let them play. Well, first off, the um, there's there's been a rule. I think this might be the second year that they that they enacted it, where every pitcher, every relief pitcher who comes in has to face three batters. Okay. So they have to they have to face a minimum of three batters. So because yeah, and it was because of that because it was elongating the game because you would get uh, in, especially in September when teams would have. 15 relief pitchers and they'd be like okay yeah. let's bring in a lefty now let's yeah. bring in a righty now let's bring in another lefty and mm -hmm. and it's just like everybody and it would just a, a, a single inning would take 10 minutes a half an inning would take 10 minutes mm -hmm. so they they got rid of that i'm glad that they got rid of that i think it, it makes pitchers be able to be you know not not so concentrated you know you don't they they have the uh left left uh left-handed one out guy or something mm -hmm. like that it, it, they called him a loogie uh so uh and and that and that was the thing you know these guys they would they would come in and they would throw they would come in and they would have 75 appearances but only appear in 50 games because they would only come in for one or two outs mm -hmm. so uh, i i look at this one uh I, I think it's good that they did that um i think it's good that they now have the you know, players who are, you know, when they're going to do a, uh, intentional walk that the, they could, the manager can just say, okay, walk this guy. And he goes up, he goes to, you know, you send, you send him the first, you don't have to take the two minutes to throw the four pitches, um, right. outside, but no, I look at this one and, uh, I, I mean, I'm all for, you know, doing everything to, to shorten the game. Uh, but I, I would say, uh, I, I'd love to find ways to to get rid of the shift and mm -hmm. uh, and and to me, I think the other part is have the pitchers throw more strikes. So mm -hmm. if 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 you, if the pitchers throw more strikes instead of like you know trying to trying to concentrate on the corners, their pitch count stays down. The games mm -hmm. the games go by quicker, and hopefully they they get you know the ball more balls get into play. 
So I, I'd I love to, I'd, lo- I'd love to see that a little bit more. Well, fantastic, man. I could talk to you about this stuff another hour or so, but we're going to cut it right here. Appreciate your time. Thank you for Always. taking the time with us today. And um, we will definitely loop back with you on the bunker regarding football. And when I say football, oh, yeah. we only mean the NFL, maybe a little college, but mainly, mainly the NFL. We're not talking about soccer. We're talking about football. So we will talk with you guys, Jorge Familia FFB. You guys have his tag right there. I don't know which way I'm pointing as far as his that you guys can see. But anyway, um, thank you again, my man. Anytime, Claude. Anytime. Anytime. Thank you so much. And everybody, thank you so much. Be good to each other. And uh, happy holidays. Happy holidays. We'll talk soon. Take care. Hold on.